Hello and welcome to the Sports Sermon Podcast here on the Voice Podcast Network. It's your host, Parker Houston, back again. This is a special day. We're talking about the NBA trade deadline deals. We have arguably Voice Rookie of the Year. I think it's a, it's a, it's a big race right now. Donovan Mitchell versus Ben Simmons-esque. Errol French to my right. Say hi. Hey, what's up? Um, to my left, we have Woodley. Don't forget Woodley. Woodley Jean-Louis. People forget. Member of the Voice. What's up? How we doing? And uh, the man himself, to my far right, R.E.I.C., the one, the only Alex Boyd. Hey, everyone. Um, we got a lot to talk about today. Got a lot of fun trades that went down. Some of them, not very fun at all. We'll just probably make fun of the players involved. Um, lots of good players to make fun of here. Um, so we'll start with the arguably the biggest deal to go down. It definitely had the biggest player in it. Um, we're, of course, talking about Blake Griffin, Willie Reed, and Bryce Johnson. From the Clippers to the Detroit Pistons. The Detroit Pistons gave back Avery Bradley, Tobias Harris, Boban Yarmanovic, their first round pick, and their second round pick. Now, um, you heard at the beginning of the podcast um, my and some of other voice staffers' live reactions to that because we had recorded a, a different NBA podcast during when the trade went down. Um, but, Errol, as the uh, resident Detroit guy in the room, um, if you could just uh, talk a little bit about you know what you've been thinking about the trade. I thought the trade was a terrible idea. Um, I thought the Pistons need a point guard, and I still think the Pistons do need a point guard. Um, but so far, it's worked out pretty decently. The Pistons are 5-1 and one since Blake has come to Detroit, um, and him and Andre Drummond have seemed to work out a pretty good two-man game. Mm-hmm. But it'll be interesting to see how once the Pistons get Reggie Jackson back in hopefully two to three weeks, how the three of them kind of get on the same page because time's running out. Yeah, do Blake Griffin and Reggie Jackson have the same wingspan? I'm not 100% sure. Okay, I'm, I'm going to look that up. Um, Woodley, your thoughts? Um, I don't know. A lot of people were opposed to it at first. I thought it was something interesting that it could definitely work. If you look at it, Blake is definitely one that could run a high post game with Andre Drummond in a low post game. It would definitely secure them in grabbing boards against smaller teams. Uh, it's questionable on how well they could run the break, the break and keep up with some of the faster-paced teams of like maybe the Rockets or... The Warriors that everyone seems to be chasing, but I mean, I thought it was interesting, and I mean, it's playing out pretty well, so I'd give them a thumbs up. Uh, this has been confirmed, by the way, that Blake Griffin and Reggie Jackson do, in fact, have the same wingspan, seven feet tall. Um, stay woke out there. <laughs> I was getting worried there for a second. Yeah, right. um, so, boy, do you think that they give up too much? I don't know. Do you it's... think that's a lot for a guy who's, you know, five years, what is it, 183 or 138? I always forget. Um, but a lot of money for a guy who's you could say, is on the, the the wrong end of his career, right? Yeah, I don't know. I've got no horse in this race, so it's tough to tell. Um, so Boyd's far, a Knicks fan to all the people out there. He's currently wearing a Mets hat. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> and for fans following around at home, uh, I'll probably be sobbing for most of this pod just to paint a picture for you. Yeah, we haven't mentioned the Knicks yet. So. Yeah, well, we'll get there, we'll get there. But, I mean, the storyline I've been following most with the Blake trade is, is just uh, the pitch that the Clippers gave Blake. Oh yeah, <laughs> when they signed him, and it's uh, it's still amazing. Uh, what what makes what's really interesting about that is that Blake Griffin already knew about the secret tunnels in Staples Center and didn't warn <laughs> Chris Paul <laughs> and the uh, the, Ro- the Rockets team when they came. Um, but yeah, that was that was like shocking. There's to a me lot that of theater in this trade, isn't there? A lot yeah, of yeah. theater in it. Um, Tobias Harris, theater major in college people. No, I'm, I'm making that up. Um, Errol, I know you're a you're a big Boban Marjanovic guy. Yeah, he's one of the best players in the league, in my opinion. Was that wow. the biggest asset they gave <laughs> wow. up? Wow. I know. He's he's an unguardable player. 
Boban's an unguardable player. You, you can't prepare for what is he seven four seven five. You can't prepare for that much height. True. So there's no like d- defensive. Yeah, exactly. There's no defensive plan that you can come up with to guard him. Um, but I do think that the biggest like the biggest thing in that trade was the Pistons giving up, giving up Tobias Harris, mm-hmm. just because Tobias was their leading scorer. Yeah, he was carrying so much of the team even when Reggie Jackson was healthy and then once he went down he took on even more of the load um he was posting a career high in numbers right um and the Pistons gave that up for I mean in my opinion in my opinion Blake Griffin is an injury prone player so Mm -hmm. it was a high risk high reward situation Mm -hmm. so it could work out very well for them but I feel like they were giving up a little too much for what they got back yeah I've always thought the the construction of the Pistons roster is really interesting just because their best player quote-unquote good at either offense or defense (laughs) correct but Correct. he's an all-time great rebounder and like average at the other two. Yeah, he um, he's like he's really started to come on. Like when we first drafted him, I wasn't sure what he was going to turn out to be. Like, yeah, he had a decent year when he's at UConn, mm-hmm. um, and then once he got to Detroit, he was okay at best. But now he's really started to come on and like find his role. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I'm excited to see like how his career is going to progress through the next couple of seasons, but. I still think that the Pistons need to get a point guard to make it any push going at, like Woodley said earlier, like the teams like the Rockets, the Cavs, the Warriors. Yeah. Um, what do you guys think as far as, and I guess we'll start this one with Woodley, um, in terms of like what the Lakers, or the Clippers, excuse me, I'm just in Lakers mode. Lakers fan, big Lakers guy, by the way. Um, what the Clippers' like goals should be in the future with this trade? Do you think this is a step in the right direction? or? Um, well... I'll say as a Boston fan, I'm a fan of the stealing as many picks as you can in a deal like this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they're doing the right thing. They need to clean house slowly and progressively because you could tell that there was way too many internal problems, especially with Chris Paul coming back and the debacle that that caused. Like, that just tells you something that it's beyond just the players not getting along. So mm-hmm. in trades like this, you know, it's sad that Blake Griffin had to be the first casualty, but looking at it, I think it's a step towards the right future because... They were probably in their prime two, three seasons yeah. ago when they had Chris Paul, and then they, they had know, Matt Barnes. They had Matt Barnes, <laughs> you know, and they had their bigs like in their primes. Uh-huh. Lob City was, you know, on the cover of every highlight reel. So mm-hmm. you could see that after losing Chris Paul, there's no one player you can add, obviously, except LeBron James. Right. But that's not really going to well, happen. They already have the one player you can add, and it's Austin Rivers. So <laughs> what's going on with DeAndre? Or his day's number? Well, that was my question, right? Is it? So you saw that they, you guys all saw that they re-signed Lou Will mm-hmm. to a longer deal. Oh, by the way, three years, twenty-four mil. That's wow. I, sh- yeah, that's more steals than Lou Will has in his career. Correct. I mean, <laughs> Correct. Um, like I, I think factually, that is um, <laughs> one versus zero. Um, but like uh, that's a that's the right kind of contract for that kind of guy. So he's not like a bad contract, but he is helping you win. I mean, it's not like that's a. That's clearly a message that they're not out to really go all the way in on the tank. Boy, as a fan of a tanking team, what are your thoughts? Well, I don't know what tanking team you're talking about unless we're transitioning to baseball here. <laughs> but uh, I don't get it. I, you know, I'm a believer in you go full tank or you don't tank at all. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't make sense to me. Um, so I don't get it. Mm-hmm. I don't get it either. Um, and, then, and then to not trade DJ. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I, feel like, I feel like, sorry to cut you no, off here, but I think that's just like, at this point, their most valuable asset. They're probably looking for a Blake Griffin S trade where they can give up hmm. their star player, some young players, and get a lot of picks in return, hmm. and people with either expiring contracts right. or value to ship somewhere else. And 
So not Tristan Thompson, Iman Shepard in the Brooklyn <laughs> pick. That's what you mean, right? Well, I'm, I'm sure they were very interested in the Brooklyn pick. However, that value has like decreased as Brooklyn's yeah. done slightly better than we all expected. They're not the worst team in the NBA. But, mm-hmm. you know, I understand them trying to look for something big. I'm just interested to see how they'll play out in the future. I actually thought that Washington was maybe going to be one of the teams that could make a move for DJ. But I don't know if they have really like a Ubre and a first and like... Yeah. There's not a lot of guys who fill that role. Um, Errol, you're going to say something though before. Well, I mean, I just think the hard part about trying to move a player like DeAndre Jordan is he's not, I guess, when you look at, compare him to Blake Griffin, mm-hmm. he doesn't have as many different attributes as Blake Griffin does. DeAndre Jordan, DeAndre does, yeah. he uh-huh. just dunks. Uh-huh. And that's really it. So it's like, well, you have... A good shot blocker. Well, a good shot blocker, yeah, but I'm talking about, like, offensively. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. whereas Blake Blake can create passes, he mm-hmm. can, you know, he can run plays, he can even bring the ball off the court. Yeah. Can you trust DeAndre with all those things? So I think that's kind of, that <laughs> no. kind of complicates the whole point of trying to trade him yeah. because you have to find someone who is going to get you that in return. Mm-hmm. You guys remember about two years ago when they tried to post up DeAndre Jordan at the beginning of every game? They used to, like, Clippers used to run this thing where they would just give it to him and he almost never scored. It was Correct. great. Yeah. Um... So moving on from that, I guess, unless anyone else has to say on the, anything to say on the Blake Griffin trade, um, I generally think the Lakers probably, or the again the, with the Lakers, um, the Clippers probably win that trade in the long run, unless we see a Eastern Conference Finals from Detroit um, in two years. Which, <laughs> Errol, I'm sorry, I hate to, I hate to break it to you, buddy, it's, but yeah. I, uh, I don't know. They needed to get Kemba, and you guys didn't get Kemba. No, you're uh, right. So. That's the right package for a guy like that to me. Um, it's good to get off of $173 million over five years if you're rebuilding. Um, and so, but generally, this is this is how you rebuild. This is how you start the tank. Um, now, their picks, their moves afterwards are not exactly how you start the tank. It's like you uh, it's like you have a real tank, and if you put the key in the ignition, go vroom like that, and you're good, and then you like forget to flip like nine switches, and someone blows you up. Um which is what's probably going to happen to the Clippers. I don't see them really embracing the tank as they should. Their owner doesn't seem like the kind of guy to be like that. Um, they didn't get rid of Doc Rivers either, um, who was obviously and was not interested in tanking with the Celtics and will not be interested in tanking with the Clippers either. Um, so expect Doc Rivers and Austin Rivers to be traded together um, for some weird package down the road <laughs> next year, maybe the offseason or something, in the draft. Um, hey, yeah, were- Doc Rivers and... Uh, Austin Rivers for the number eight pick. <laughs> you gotta get worried though. Doc's value is pretty high now. What if he gets injured? You know. Oh, good point. If you're the Clippers, you gotta start getting nervous. <laughs> hey, they they are the ball family before the ball family was the ball family. Mm, True. Uh-huh. Um, so the next trade, um, and I actually think this trade is kind of relevant. Um, is Nikola Mirotic and a second rounder, um, both headed to New Orleans for Omar Asik, the grindfather Tony Allen, first team All Defense. Um, Jameer Nelson, Chicago's 2018 first. Yep. But it's protected, if I'm correct, right? I believe. Um, I'll look up the protections on that in a second because Chicago would be idiotic to give up its 2018 first for Miritich. Um, <laughs> and, um, or sorry, New Orleans. Yeah, yeah, New yeah. Chicago would, yeah, yeah, okay. And then the, the second round pick swap. Um, big pick swap guy. I think we all are here. Um, <laughs> So Miritich, I guess he lost the fight then between Portis and Miritich. I guess we can decide a winner in that. I guess Portis by knockout <laughs> in the third round. I don't know. Um, how do you guys feel about what Miritich does to New Orleans now? Are they 
are they at all, is that at all replacing, you know, does it replace 50% of what Boogie had? Does it replace 60? Are they, are they now out of the play, are they back in the playoff race now? Are they, you know, a six seed, seven seed? What do you guys think? Um, I don't think that anyone's going to be able to replace what Boogie does. Like, mm-hmm. Boogie is such a dynamic player and he's so versatile that it's going to be really hard to find someone who can do exactly what it is that he does. Um, but I think Mirchich will help. But at the same time, Anthony Davis is going to have to carry much more of the load. Yeah. It'll be fun to see AD at center, though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, any other thoughts on that one? It's not a really super complicated trade. Hmm. I mean, I feel like Chicago, though they're giving kind of a valuable piece, they got a lot more in return. Yeah. Um, like well, Tony it, Allen's... We'll see if they buy out Tony Allen. That's, that's my true. Yeah. I mean, Tony Allen, even if they don't, you know, right. he's getting old, but he's still good for some good defense above some of the worst players that you can think of defensively mm-hmm. in the league. Omar Sheik is kind of a wild card. Like I said, I know you know he has that he had that career season over in Houston and then mm-hmm. gets traded and is basically Well I mean he had Crohn's and... disease was the thing. So he's actually like he actually had serious like health problems. That's why he's been out for so long. Yeah. Not to make <laughs> you feel bad or anything. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> um but well, that and then in addition to the picks, which is also valuable because New Orleans is not making a crazy run. Yeah. So I don't know. I think they got a lot, and also to just give up a second round pick to cushion that trade is, you know. Yeah, we'll see if that uh, whose second round pick ends up being better. It's probably going to be the Bulls one. Um, so New Orleans wins in that in that sense too. Yeah. Um, although I'm not sure whose choice of the pick swap it is. Like who gets to decide think, whether they I swap think or not? Chicago would get the choice. Okay, so Chicago, so it's maybe not as good then. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, I'm just fascinated by the fact that um, I guess this means that within the organization, people thought it was Miritich's fault for the the Portis punch. What are your thoughts on the uh, boy? You're a big boxing guy, right? A <laughs> uh, huge boxing guy over here. Um, what are your thoughts about how? I mean, it, it seems like so. If I'm correct, Portis punched Miritich in the face. Right. I I have no idea. Uh-huh. I just think if I'm the Bulls, I don't think you're building a team around Miritich. So I, I yeah. think if I'm the Bulls, I'm making this trade every single time. I think that New Orleans overpaid. Mm-hmm. Um, just because they didn't have the leverage? Well, I, I think that you see this a lot where you have the best player on a bad team and he, he scores more than he is going to on any halfway decent team. Mm-hmm. Um, and you overpay because you see an opportunity there, but you know I think that he's a, you know he's a starter, he's a contributor, but not worth what you gave up. Right. So this is interesting. So the pick, the protection on the first, and I'm not sure I like this as much for the Bulls anymore, because it's protected one through five in 2018, only one through five. So that means that, say the Bulls finish fourth to last, right? And they get jumped twice in the lottery. Now they're number six pick, which is, I mean, hell, that could be Trey Young, right? Um, is now going to New Orleans. I don't know if that's, if that even close to justifies giving up Miritich. Um, but moving on, barring like a Tony Allen buyout also, we have to think about that. Because I'm not sure Tony Allen's going to want to play for um, Chicago for much longer. Um there was Tyler Zeller for Rashad Vaughn in a second. Um, 
if you have if you have another brother center in the NBA, I saw this the other day. It was like if you have a brother center in the NBA, don't play for the Nets because they've done this I think three times. They traded um, it, the Brook Lopez trade in like a dump. Mm-hmm. There was the Tyler Zeller, and there was a third one, and it, uh, something about the Nets trading brothers um, is really funny. Um, but other than that, we can move to Hernan Gomez. Um, now this is this is really Boyd's corner right here. <laughs> this is what we were saving Boyd <laughs> for, actually. <laughs> yeah, for our fans at home, I'm wearing a Willie jersey with a Spanish flag draped around my shoulders. <laughs> As a Knicks fan, I'm Can pretty confirm. upset about this deal. Um, I mean, first team All Rookie last year. You got to think he's you know top eight to ten, uh, top eight to ten rookies in in the league last year, and to only get two second round picks for him. I wasn't happy about that. I was I was looking for a first round pick. Um, I mean, I didn't want to trade him at all. We had a log jam. In terms of our big men and, and the only the only silver lining to Kristaps going down was I thought Willie was going to get more minutes. Uh, apparently that's not the case. So I hated to see him go. I did see an opportunity to get rid of Joakim Noah's contract and I didn't see that there either. So mm. to not get a first round pick and not to shed the Joakim Noah contract when this was their best opportunity to do so, uh, pretty upset about it. Would you have traded Willie Hernan Gomez and Joakim Noah for literally nothing? Yes, in a, in yes, a heartbeat. In a heartbeat, in a heartbeat. Okay. no question. Awesome. Um, so the next set of trades, we'll do all the Cleveland ones together, but do you guys want to save those for the end actually? Yeah. Okay, let's save those for later. Mm-hmm. Um, then we will do... Let's talk about Jameer Nelson a little bit. Because after he got traded to um, Chicago, he was then traded again for Willie Reed and Detroit's 2022 second-round pick. I wasn't sure that you could trade picks that far in the future, but I guess you can. Eh, why not? Um, and it was even a, another pick swap. Big mm-hmm. pick swap night um, <laughs> in the league. Um, traded for Willie Reed. Um, so he is their backup point guard now? Yes, Errol. he's their backup point guard. How's he been? He's given a solid... I mean, he's only played in two games. Yep. Um, he looked good um, the other night against the Hawks, but still not what I'm looking for in a point guard. But, I mean, it's early in this, like early in his tenure in Detroit. Right. So hopefully he'll get you know adjusted to the Pistons' offense and kind of find his groove, whether that's the second unit or eventually transition into lead the offense. How old is he? Not sure. He is... He's old. 36. Right? 36, yeah. So he's, I mean, what they're trying to do there is they know that Jameer Nelson used to be good with the, the whole Dwight Howard thing. And they're yeah. thinking maybe another solid passer but better, like, rebound-type center works with him. Um, we'll see, I guess, with that one. Although he's, didn't Ish Smith play more than him? Ish is playing more than him, yes. So Jameer, like, when they, when they get back, Nelson will be their third guy. Yeah, he'll be their third guy. Um, I mean, I think... Overall, though, it was a decent trade for Detroit because it gave us a point guard. Right. Um, and it kind of dumped Willie Reed, which I didn't want to acquire in the first place. Right. <laughs> um, so I can see what GM Van Gundy was doing uh-huh. um, in terms of making moves um, and working with the like the actual Pistons front office to make a move and get some players that can actually help the Pistons make a playoff run because right now they're sitting at the, uh, the ninth seed in the East. Okay. And so they're... They want to make a push, even sneaking at that eight seed. But right. I think they're making the right moves now. Um, I was initially hesitant when they had Bryce Johnson and Willie Reed because I saw no real contribution come from either one of them. Mm-hmm. But now I can see the pieces coming together. I'm just not sure how quick they're going to come together. Okay. Oh, here it is. I forgot. So the last NBA Brothers Center, I was looking this up for the Tyler Zell deal. So... Mason Plumley also uh, played for the Nets mm. and was traded for these guys were all three traded for 2015 first round picks. 
So Mason Plumlee was traded to Portland for Rondé Hollis Jefferson, who was number 23. Tyler Zeller was traded for Rashad Vaughn, number 7. And then Brooke Lopez was traded for D'Angelo Russell. Does Molikov have a brother? Uh, maybe some. He's probably in the gulag. I don't know. Um, let's see about... So these next little group of trades here. We have Luke Babbitt for Carl White. Um, Luke Babbitt, one of my favorite players in the NBA. Um, can't tell you much about the season he's having, though. Akara um, White is youngish, solid player. I mean, he was good in the D League, apparently. I listened to this podcast. Um, you guys ever listen to Dunked On? It's like a basketball podcast. Um, and they talk about this, this one coach um, who used to coach in the Heat D League system was like raving about him on the podcast. And it was really, really weird. Interesting. Um, so that gives me like a little bit of like maybe Akara White could be good someday. Um, Bryce Johnson, second-round pick for James Ennis. Now, James Ennis is actually a good player. James Ennis, Long Beach guy. Um, Shout-out to James Ennis. Um, So he's another Detroit. There's another Detroit move. You guys were, like, sort of the Cavs light on deadline day. (laughs) All these moves for bench guys. Um, Has he played? Have you watched him play yet? Yeah, he uh, he gave... Mm. Defensively, he contributed really big against Atlanta. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, Pistons ended up losing that game, but the score would have been a lot worse if he wouldn't have been there. Um, just defensively, he helped save a lot of possessions. His hustle was getting back down the floor. Um, I read something the other day. It was like... Um, <laughs> right, Boyd just Boyd? fist bumped because he's watching the, <laughs> the Knicks game right now. Um, I read something the other day that said that uh, Detroit will be kind of a new world for Ennis. So uh-huh. I'm excited to kind of see what that means. I don't really know much about him, but I know that they say that he has a really he's really good on defense. Mm-hmm. So hopefully that will help because defense does win championships. So. Cool. Um, Bryce Johnson was very good in the summer league. People forget about that. Um, so we will again. We're skipping the Cavs trades until the end. Malachi Richardson, not a big Malachi Richardson guy. Um, Syracuse grad. Yeah. No. Um, Bruno Caboclo. I, is he is he there yet? He was four, two years away from being two years away. Is he is he there yet? Is he there in one season? Is he only one year away now? This might be a terrible, terrible trade for Sac- or, uh, for uh, whatever team traded him. Who traded him? Is uh, Toronto. Toronto. This might be a terrible trade for Toronto because if he's ready, uh, it's this year. Uh, that's a terrible trade for yeah yeah yeah. He's he's ready. He's there. <laughs> he was two years away from being two years away. This is year four. Um, so. That's an F for Toronto and an A++ for Sacramento. Um, so, Moutier, next one. Um, I guess we can go around the table for this one, because this is kind of a cool trade. I always like three-teamers. Um, but some of these some of these like pickups make no sense. Like, why would... Why did Denver take back what it took back? Um, and why was Dallas even involved? They gave yeah, up I'm not sure. two seconds to get Doug McDermott and another second? Yeah. I mean, McDermott... Good at Butler. Good at Butler. Good at Creighton. Creighton. Oh, Creighton, 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 yes. Good at Creighton. Yeah, for his dad. Yeah. Uh Sean McDermott. Yeah, yeah. You know, we'll see. Uh We'll see how that goes. Uh, Woodley, your thoughts on this one? Um, I want to say I like the Knicks picking up Moutier. However, them already working with Neil Akila. I'm, again, interested to see Give me his name again. Is that Neil Aquila? Is that? I have no idea how to pronounce <laughs> his name, but I like hearing Frank people. Frank the Tank. That's how it's I, I call Close him enough. Frankie Smokes so, or Frankie Nicotine. <laughs> <laughs> I'll refer to him as Frank then. Right. Just Frank from the Knicks. Nilakina? Um, I, I can never pronounce Nilakina. it either. I just, yeah. Nilakina, I don't know. I just let it roll. Mm-hmm. I might be wrong. My apologies in advance. But, yeah, I'm interested to see how that works. 
that's like this is part of the reason why I'm not a Knicks fan because just <laughs> trades like this is what I'd consider a good trade. So I don't know. Then Denver taking back Devin Harris, another little question mark. I'm surprised Devin Harris is still in the league. Anyone know how old he is? Let's no, he's in like mid out. to late 30s. I, I remember Richard Jefferson said something about Devin Harris when he came to the team. Um, his quote was hilarious. Um, it was just talking about how he's uh, 34. Wow. He's All 34. Right. I'll give him that. So he, yeah, um, here it is. Here it is. Richard Jefferson said, I just really want to say this and I want to go out on record. I've never played two seasons with Devin Harris. It was one season in Jersey, one season in Dallas, and again, here we are. I just want to say uh, farewell to the Denver Nugget fans, but I really appreciated my time here. But now that Devin Harris is here, I have to leave. This is Richard <laughs> Jefferson <laughs> saying that he's going to retire after De- after Devin Harris got traded to his team. Um, so I honestly believe we should be more worried about what he's going to do off the floor to the city of Denver. <laughs> girls, it's just really going to raise hell around here. I think it's something that we should all be worried about. There's not enough negative things that I can say about him and just as a professional in his career. Um, so, again, daily reminder that Richard Jefferson is one of the best personalities in the NBA. Um, Boyd, I take it your fist bump earlier was not about Emmanuel Moutier making a play. No, no, that was uh, Cantor got fouled to draw it to two points. It was a very mm-hmm. mediocre play. Mm-hmm. But uh, we have a Sixers <laughs> fan in the room, so I had to Oh, <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. It's just so everyone knows, the podfather himself, John Block, is far behind us. Um, <laughs> lots of competition in this room right now. Um, so, do you think they work together, Moody and Atilkina? Oh, absolutely. I would fist pump about it now. Mm. Uh, you know, it's tough. Dougie McBuckets is a New York hero. He's a story of <laughs> born and raised. Uh, Doug is my father. He's also my son. I was devastated to see him go. What? Listen, Doug McDermott should be the dunk contest. Don't at me. I feel very, very passionately about that. I was, I was upset. Did you watch the dunk contest that one year where there was a guy who couldn't dunk? It was, a, it was a college dunk not. contest, and they had him jump <laughs> off the backs of people. That would be Doug McDermott in the dunk contest. Doug can throw down, let me tell you. But So I, I was upset to see him go. I, I loved having Doug on the team. He had definitely uh, fallen back to earth after his really, really great start to the season, but I would have wanted to work with him. Um, I don't know, I just like an energy defense guy on the team. So uh, And, and Mourier, you know, I basically thought was a flop, so mm-hmm. I wasn't thrilled. Then I watched the game, mm-hmm. and... You can't not be impressed by 14 and 10 in your Knicks debut. And there we go. so many of the minutes, I think 29 minutes, he and Frank were on the court at the same time. And I'm really excited about it. Two six five point guards. Love that. Um, two young guys to kind of give each other a little competition and to learn and grow together. Uh-huh. Um, so, so I'm excited. I'm watching right now and I like what I see. Uh, definitely still has a long way to go, but I like uh, the idea of Frank and Moutier having someone to... Uh, to challenge them and, and someone to go through the same kind of challenges with. Yeah, you know, they say when you have two combo guards, you really have a point guard and a shooting guard. <laughs> um, it's not like the NFL. When you have two quarterbacks, you have zero. I think this actually might work out. Um, so we'll move on to, I mean, Vonley is not a huge deal. Um, no. Is he washed? Is he not? I guess we'll figure out. I mean, he's going to play on Chicago. He'll take the Miritich role. Um, Vaughn for Cunningham was interesting. That's Dante Cunningham going to Brooklyn for Rashad Vaughn. I, just because I liked how Dante Cunningham fit with their second unit, um, I thought that it's kind of important to have another shooter. But now that they have Miritich, their first unit has shooting, so it's not really a problem. Um, Sheldon Mack, I was not even aware, was an NBA player. Correct. Um, <laughs> so we'll skip that one. Also, Cash was traded for Cash. 
in that deal. <laughs> yes. Uh, which is hilarious. Uh, I'm not sure how much cash or how much cash, cash, but you would assume that there would only be, you know, one time cash would move in a deal because wouldn't they just like negate the other amount of cash? Maybe they were trading currencies. <laughs> <laughs> Bitcoin. Yeah, maybe, this was, <laughs> maybe, maybe this was a Dogecoin exchange. <laughs> So it was, yeah, the actual deal was Sheldon Mack and five Dogecoin for <laughs> an Atlanta future-protected second-round pick and, like, ten bucks. Um, so the other the other major trade we could, we should get to before we do the Cavs stuff is um, Alfred Payton, coming from Orlando, headed to Phoenix for what will be Memphis's this year's second-round pick, 2018. Um, I guess we'll go around the table, but I'll start with Woodley this time. Um, Woodley, how do you feel about that one? Yeah, you know, um, Suns, I feel like, are an up-and-coming team that just haven't made the right moves to get to where they need to go. I feel like this Alfred Payton trade, it's a good solution short-term, but it doesn't really solve it long-term. You have a guy like Devin Booker. He's going to grow impatient soon. He needs to win a championship. He needs to be on a team where he can score 70 points in and out and at Jay Crowder mm-hmm. every time. <laughs> 70 he does points so. per game. Per game. 70 <laughs> points per game, exactly. You know, and I mean, I guess at the co- at the expense of... Memphis's second round pick, it's fair, considering also none of their guards put up over, I believe, 12 points a game. Their best guard right now in terms of point production is uh, Brandon Knight. Uh-huh. We all know how his career has been going. So, hey, like, hey, he was a good piston for a while. Well, he also missed uh, the game-winning layup. He so. also was, was murdered, <laughs> murdered by in July of 20, not July, like October of 2015. He was murdered multiple times. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> I, he was never the same after that. So <laughs> Kyrie got him. Yeah. Andre Jordan got him. Westbrook threw the ball. Westbrook his nuts at one point. <laughs> He's yeah, probably He's had a rough career. <laughs> probably one of the most unfortunate NBA players in the league. So, I mean, it like I said, I, I think it it works for now, but they need to start thinking long term. Errol. I mean, I agree with Woodley. Um, I think the Suns are a very like they have a, like they have a bright future ahead of them mm-hmm. if they make the right moves. Devin Booker is the future of the NBA. He... Whoa. <laughs> I mean, he showed a lot of promise just in these couple years that he's been in the league. Uh-huh. So I think that if you build a team around him, that he's going to lead that team. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Suns, questionable draft picks over the past couple years yeah. um, to continue to build around Booker. But overall, I think um, as long as you're trying to give Devin Booker added help, that you can't go wrong. Mm-hmm. And Boyd... Yeah, I kind of like it for both teams. I don't really think the Suns are cresting competition next year or probably the year after that. So is that um, if anyone remembers, um, John Block in the back is going to cringe real quick. Um, actually, he's not going to cringe. He's going to be happy because he was traded by the Philadelphia 76ers. His pick, which was the 2014 number, I think he was number 10. Um, he was traded to the Orlando Magic for the number 12 pick in the draft, which happened to be Dario Saric. Um, the next year's number 40-something, which ended up being Willie Hernan Gomez, mm. and then finally a 2017 first-round draft pick, which ended up being De'Aaron Fox. People forget. So um, if we do the transitive property, that means that Dario Saric, Willie Hernan Gomez, and De'Aaron Fox all together are as good as Memphis's second-round pick, which will be in this draft. So that guy is going to be a good player. Um, so watch out for, watch out for that guy uh, in the future. So I guess we should finally get to the Cavs stuff. Uh, we've been saving it for the end. Um, there are there were three trades. Correct me if I was wrong. Yeah. Um, we had the the Cleveland Sacramento Utah three teamer. We had the Wade trade, and then we had the Cleveland Lakers trade. Um, do we want to go? We want to start with Wade. Yeah, let's start with okay, Wade. Let's start with Wade. So 
Wade wanted out, apparently, although I've heard that Ty Lue has said a little bit about how Wade was actually the worst guy in the locker room um, <laughs> because he was always, like, looking at his phone, like, checking the score of the Miami game. Like, uh, <laughs> I just imagine, like, LeBron, like, looking at D-Wade, like, oh, who are you texting? He's like, no one. Uh, just, just Spolstra. Um, so... I actually like this for both teams. I think it gives Rodney Hood a spot. We'll talk about that later. Um, and then, obviously, Miami gets a lot better because Miami do- doesn't really have that sort of six-man or even veteran presence in their team. Um, so what do you guys think about that one? Um, I think it was a good I think it was a good trade. Just D-Wade wanted to go home. Mm. He never really wanted to leave Miami. He just wanted to get paid. Mm. And so I think that he plays best when he is in Miami. Like, when you look at how he played in uh, Chicago last year and then even in um, Cleveland this year, was, you know, good. His numbers were okay, but it still wasn't, like, the production that we were used to seeing out of him in Miami. Uh So I think that it was good just for him and his morale. Um, And it can only help the the Heat because with Deion Waiters going down, they need someone. Yeah. Yeah, Boyd's nodding. What do you think? Yeah, I think it's a no-brainer. Um it's the end of this bizarre experiment and like i mean wade belongs there and uh you know wasn't wasn't making sense in cleveland and uh it's good for everyone for him to go home it's just kind of sad that he's going back home uh you know not even being able to start anymore at this phase in his career so mm-hmm. we're to like to see him really contribute at miami still i don't know if that's possible anymore i hope i hope it is i hope it is yeah woodley do you think he can um I feel like he could. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. I think they still should have gotten a little more than a heavily protected second-round mm. pick. Granted, you know, they, Miami probably wouldn't have given it up, but yeah. I feel like there could have been some negotiations around that to get something like that. Because, you know, like Alex said, he deserves to go home, and it, it, you already knew he wasn't going to be able to start right away. He'd still have some competition with some of the younger guys, but at the same time, show the man some value. That's a franchise player for the Miami Heat right there. The fact that they didn't offer him a give him money before True. when yeah. they let him go. And that same day they signed Tyler Johnson to the two-year $50 million deal. That's insane, you yeah. know? Show the man some respect. And they're probably going to try to when they maybe retire his jersey because right. Lord knows if they'll even do that. So, I don't know. Maybe they'll, uh, maybe they'll take him on a big theatrical thing where they, like, <laughs> hang his jersey up. Um, or maybe his jersey will get hung up at the end of a game like Paul Pierce's did and Ray Allen won't show up. Uh, but... <laughs> I actually like this deal. I really like this deal for Miami, especially just because he, like, like I said, he actually helps them. Uh, Waiters has been out forever and probably won't come back um, this season, so Wade will be really good for that. Biggest winner of the trade deadline day. Uh, someone told me this, and I forget who it was, but Gabrielle Union. Yes, <laughs> um, probably the biggest winner of deadline day. That's true. She was so excited. She posted a video on her Instagram, and they were just so excited on the plane. She was just. You could just tell she missed Miami so much. <laughs> Instagram and Snapchat. They didn't wait a second. They didn't wait a, a second. second. They I bet they knew already. They knew already. Oh, my God. They, they Did knew. Instagram scoop Woj on this one? It's possible. <laughs> this is, this is the, uh, the year of the players uh, leaking their own trades. You guys remember when, uh, what was it, Blake Griffin was yelling in the locker room, like, eight effing years or something like that, um, at DeAndre Jordan, which everyone thought that meant DeAndre Jordan was getting traded, but actually it meant Blake was getting traded, and he wasn't even yelling at DJ. Um... So this year, we were just hearing all this stuff beforehand. Uh, another trade that we kind of saw coming beforehand was Isaiah Thomas leaving. Yeah. Um, we didn't really see it for these players, though. Respect to Isaiah Thomas. All right, stop that. I miss you. I'm a Lakers fan, so respect to Isaiah Thomas for the moment. For the next, what day is it? Uh, it is it is February 12th for the next four months. So I'm going to show some, a lot of respect to Isaiah Thomas. 
Um, Willie, did you did you miss not being able to see his tribute video? You know, as a big Celtics guy, he he's done a lot for us. Um, his tribute video. I don't know. What if the Lakers <laughs> played a tribute video next time we played in Boston? <laughs> we would never do that. But I don't know. I yeah. believe like. Well, no, it would have to be at Boston. I don't think you guys have any games at Boston the rest of the year, or the Lakers have any games. I'll look. They have one, I believe. They have one. Okay. One. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, so I don't know. I, I think. One. I think like people say that that tribute video would have been just because they feel bad for him. When it's like this guy's getting the franchise a lot. You know, guys like Rondo have come out and said, "Yeah, it's only two years," but. This guy put up more points than AI did in a playoff game. Mm-hmm. And he's, what, three inches shorter than him? Yep. Which is kind of big. Mm-hmm. On top of that, this guy played after his sister died. Like mm-hmm. He didn't fly home until mm-hmm. after game two, if I'm correct. So yep. that's a big sacrifice for a franchise. And for like the game. ruined his career because of yep. a hit, too. Aggravated. Exactly. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. yeah. So like that stuff, I think it's deserving of a five-minute video. You know what yeah. I mean? It, it speaks volumes, and I don't think it should have been overplayed. Granted, it's controversial. They wanted it on the night of the greatest basketball player in the history of the sport, Paul Pierce. Who? Fight me on it. <laughs> He's greatest. definitely better than Marjanovic, so you can rely on that. <laughs> P-E-R, actually. <laughs> um, so, but yeah. Um, I don't know. I, he had a pretty decent uh, debut, uh-huh. the Lakers. Yeah, he played well. Uh-huh. He hit his first shot, too. He did. <laughs> three. Surprising. Yeah, I expected, like, an air ball. I'm not going to lie. Um... I'll say that I like his response in that he's welcoming this opportunity with the new team and it's going to serve in whatever role he can. Mm-hmm. I like that sacrifice he's given there. So I think it'll be interesting to see how he blends in. I think he can be an asset considering he has taken that step to kind of humble himself from being, as they said last year at this time, he was a top five candidate for MVP and now he's going to be backing the, up Lonzo Ball. Possibly. The, the third string point guard because he didn't oh. even back up uh, who started for the league. I think they started Brandon Ingram at point guard. Oh my um, god! Yeah, the just... first night and had Isaiah off the bench, but maybe that's just because he's new. Yeah, I think that's it. I but... hope so, at least, because <laughs> I don't want Brandon Ingram playing any more point guard. <laughs> um, Channing Fry was another interesting part of this deal, I thought, because Channing Fry can actually help the Cavs right now, and um, I'm not sure they had to include that. Uh, Errol, what are your thoughts on the rest of the deal in terms of giving up Fry and then obviously Clarkson and Nance getting back, coming back? Um, I think. I don't know. I think it was a good move for Cleveland. They needed fresh talent. They, mm-hmm. they needed um, a fresh locker room to get just a new energy in there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think getting rid of Isaiah Thomas was a very good move on Cleveland's part. Um, Isaiah Thomas, I mean, it's factual. He didn't really do much for Cleveland while mm-hmm. he was there. Um, so He might have done some negative, he, he, yeah. Negative. A lot of negative, yeah. but not much good. Um, and so I think it was a very good move for Cleveland to get rid of them. Um, and they can really only go up from there. Mm-hmm. Um, like, that was a trade that... I don't really see Cleveland losing unless, you know, both Clarkson and Nance come in and just don't do absolutely anything. Yeah. And, and they showed in that first game that they, they can showed, do stuff. They yeah. showed in their uh-huh. first game they can do things. And I think that even when they were with the with the Lakers, they showed flashes of being able to do things. But it was just, you're with the Lakers. Yeah. And, you know, they aren't really at the place where they need to be yet. So, Boyd? I think I like it better for Cleveland. It's, it's just hard. I, I feel for Isaiah Thomas, I don't think he should – should be a backup in this league. I know he had a really rough time in Cleveland in, you know, a relatively sh- small sample size. But um, even if it takes him longer to get there, I, I, you know, I just cannot see him backing up Lonzo Ball. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, credit to him for being able to have such a good attitude. I don't know how he, how he's how he's doing that. What's funny is that in Levar Ball's eyes, Isaiah Thomas is the literal definition of a small baller. Um, I don't think anyone's ever fit that closer. Um, I like as a Laker fan. I was really, I really hated this trade when it went down, just because I love Larry Nance Jr. 
um, one of my favorite players in the whole league, and it sucks to see him go. I mean, he's at least going to you know place where his dad played the whole time, um, and he'll be back for the All Star game for the dunk contest, which he should win hopefully. And I'm also glad that the Lakers got off of Clarkson's contract because people forget that was 13 million a year for a guy oh, yeah. who's I don't want to say barely positive value because he was a little bit better than that, but. You know, he, uh, the guy who kind of quote-unquote had the torch from Kobe, but it was just never even close to good enough to carry it. Um, and honestly, when you look at this deal, it looks like a salary dump move for the Lakers for um, not this year, but next year's. Uh, actually, I think he expires this year. I could be wrong. Oh. Um, Clarkson. But... At the end of the day, I think that the Lakers got what they wanted out of this deal. It sucks that they had to include Nance. Honestly, if I was the Lakers, I might have included Randall instead, but I'm not sure how those salaries would have stacked out. Um, yeah, he is... Yeah, this is... Okay, so this is last year on his contract. Yeah, so he is expiring this year. So that's why the Lakers have that uh, coveted $69 million of cap space. Nice. Yeah. Um, and we get Cleveland's first-round pick, that's which... Big. Is, not is not, that might be like a high 20s, <laughs> like 21, 22, possibly. Um, that so, is considering, like, after what they did in Boston, they don't continue true. to do that. True, yeah, yeah, yeah. if they do, uh, then... Yeah, that, that'll be bad for every other team bad. in the league. Um, and then we'll go to the... I think this trade probably made Cleveland better than any of the trades before it. Um, trading for Rodney Hood, George Hill... And uh, the real key of the deal, the rights to Arturis Gudiatis. Um, <laughs> and then giving Sacramento, Joe Johnson, Iman Shumpert, Miami's 2020, the rights to another international all-star, Dimitrios Argravanis, and cash, which actually this time they did, did the math on the cash and negated all of the cash. Um, and then Utah, which is the fun... I think this is probably the weirdest trade package that any team received in a deal the entire year. Um, Jay Crowder, Derek Rose, and then a swap of their 2024 second-round picks. Which, I, in 2024... In 2024, whoever is president after Trump will have already run another election. Um, in 2024... Uh, I will be five years out of college. Jesus. Um, twenty-seven years old. Yeah, I'll be twenty. I'll be twenty-six or twenty-seven years old. I might not be an NBA fan anymore. I don't, football <laughs> might be dead in in six years. That's true. There might be no more football. Um, everyone might be dead in six years. <laughs> I mean, a lot, a lot can happen in six years, right? What if that pick just never never conveys? What if a thermonuclear warhead strikes the U.S. within the next six years? Like this, there's a legit possibility. <laughs> oh no, there's, there's a high risk. I'm joking, but I'm like kind of not. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that that is the furthest ahead because um, it, it's like shades of. There used to be a, a GM for the Cavs in the '80s named uh, Ted Stepien or Stifian. I forget how to pronounce his name. But his deal was he would trade future first-round picks for, like, current bench players because he didn't care. So he traded um, in, like, 1980-something. He traded somewhere in, like, 1993 first-round pick <laughs> for, like, an overpaid, like, old guy. And the league stepped in and they said, no, first of all, you can only trade uh, picks, I think it's seven years in the future. Um, and then second of all, you can't trade consecutive firsts, mm. which is why Cleveland ended up not trading the Brooklyn pick. Um and so, yeah, this this 2024 Cleveland Utah second round pick swap is 
fascinating to me. I'm wondering what the, what the like, like there w that is such a trade on the margin. Like imagine Utah being like, no, no, this isn't enough for us. We want to pick swap with you guys <laughs> in six years. <laughs> um, what are you guys' thoughts on? Well, obviously, and also Joe Johnson was bought out immediately after and has signed with the Rockets since. Yeah. And Derrick Rose was bought out, and I, he might sign with Tibbs so Tibbs can finally finish him. Um, there are a lot of teams he could go to. Um, what are you guys' thoughts on this deal as a whole? Really? Yeah. Mm -hmm. it's. I think it's kind of like, aside from Cleveland getting Rodney Hood and George Hill, which I think are pretty good additions. Yeah. Around uh -huh. LeBron James, it's kind of just like it's a you know it's just yeah. it's a swap of second round picks and rights to people Cash with money and rights uh -huh. you know yeah. I mean if Jay Crowder if Jay Crowder does what I believe he's capable of and that's uh -huh. being a a good forward in terms of being a two way like uh -huh. he can score and play very good defense then that is a huge asset for Utah especially with the way Donovan Mitchell's playing and the way that Utah has kind of been going as of lately. Yeah. Like, Utah has been showing some promise. Um, Actually, that reminds me. I want to hear two minutes of Jay Crowder takes from Woodley. Go. <laughs> oh, my God. You know, I just... I feel like Boston always needed to hate... Like, I needed to hate someone, and now I just had to hate him. <laughs> it, it, he's there for defense, sure. And then D Devin Booker scores 70 points. What am I supposed right. to believe then? 70 <laughs> points by the guy who's 20 years old? Uh -huh. And then he had the nerve to tweet back at him. What do you, you don't say anything after that. No one does. And then, you know, he, he saved himself kind of before he was traded. At the end of the last season, he had some big threes. But that's that's about it. Mm -hmm. The guy who's good for threes and defense, I've seen him miss a lot of critical threes and give Devin Booker 70 points. So I want to know what else I'm supposed to expect from him. And he's only been worse since your trade. Exactly. I mean, that, that is the – think about this. If you, if you do, like – Algebra with the trades of the Isaiah Thomas trade with the, it was Isaiah Thomas Jay Crowder were the two biggest parts of that right yeah and Jay Crowder has been traded for the equivalent of junk and so is Isaiah or Isaiah Thomas is, isn't really junk but yeah. it's kind of junk mm -hmm. um, I've I remember uh, I was reading a CSPN article by Kevin Pelton the other day talking about like <clears throat> the biggest the the largest ever flip of trade value on one side of a trade in like one year is easily the Kyrie Irving trade. Because the two players were thought of as borderline all-stars and a great player, and neither of them are even close to that anymore. You know, I'm going to tell you something. Uh -huh. I was I took a nap, and I woke up from that nap, and I found out Boston Celtics acquired Kyrie Irving. And I opened that trade. I said, Isaiah Thomas. Uh -huh. I shed a couple tears. Uh -huh. I saw Jay Crowder. I danced around for a little bit. <laughs> and then I saw Antizizis, and I'm like, you know what? I kind of felt, mm, yeah. I felt like he could have done something. Right. And then obviously the pick, that kind of broke my heart. Yeah. But the fact that I was just so happy that Jay Crowder was gone. For Kyrie, <laughs> of course, sent two or three of Jay Crowder. Uh -huh. I couldn't care less. <laughs> sure, he'll probably play pretty well with LeBron, you know, working, as like Errol said, a two-way player, good on defense, and then just out in the perimeter knocking down shots. Good for LeBron, good for Cleveland, good for Utah. Not in Boston. Mm -hmm. We don't need you in Boston. We need people who get buckets in Boston. That's why we have Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. That's why we have these real players. There we go. I'm just going to end that there. Um, real players? Yes. I almost want to end on that, but I'm not going to. <laughs> um, 
Boyd, I want to hear another two minutes of Iman Shumpert and Derrick Rose takes. Oh, uh, you're talking about two New York sports heroes yeah. of a generation. I, I hear they're honorary Shumpert firemen. Born and raised in uh, Yonkers, and uh, Derrick Rose is That's a Manhattan college Shout legend. Uh-huh. Uh, no, it hurts Manhattan to see. It, 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 yeah, big Jasper guy, huge, huge Jasper superstar. Was Manhattan College where the kid who took his SATs was from? I don't know. I don't know. They made the tournament uh, two years ago. Uh-huh. Watch out for the Jaspers. <laughs> But, uh, no, I mean, it, it, it always hurts to see a Nick on the move. Uh, Shump more than Derrick Rose, uh-huh. I would probably say. Will Derrick Rose say, even be alive in 2024? Will you know, I don't know. When I'm the GM of the Knicks, I'll let you know what it's like on draft day in the draft <laughs> okay. room. Oh, um, what? I'm, I'm still stuck on the 2024 pick swap. Will, will the cash that was traded to Sacramento have any meaning in no, 2024? No, the cash will not exist. There's no chance. <laughs> Well, with everything being going cashless, I mean, will they have to, like, use the money on, like, an, a phone or something? Yeah, they'll Even, trade via phone. I bet that uh, Dimitrios Argavanis and Arturis Gudaitis do not sign into the NBA before 2024, though. <laughs> At the very least, we can have solace in that. Um, but, but again, I, I like it for Cleveland. I, yeah. hate, I hate this for Utah. I hate really? this deal for Utah. Really? I, 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 maybe I think they're closer than, than most people I think. I think I agree with you on that. I, think I don't think I Hood think they're close. Really I think they're close, so um, I think they had to go Willie's for it. Willie's got something to say. You know, I'm going to say, as much as I dislike Jay Crowder as a Celtic, I think it, it could kind of work in Utah. Because yeah. if you look at it with Rudy Gobert now, mm-hmm. when he came back, he put up a great game against Kristaps Porzingis. So they could run a really good inside-out game. Uh-huh. Jay Crowder, again, has no real offensive talent aside from shooting. So uh-huh. that leaves guys like, um, what's his name, Donovan Mitchell, Guys like Shucks, what's the point guard's name? Ricky Rubio. Ricky Rubio. Score now, somehow. Rubio. Yep. <laughs> exactly. That leaves them no room to operate yeah. and do what they need to do while also having Crowder on the outside to get those, knock those shots down and help out on the defensive end. It was so, funny that Derek Favors didn't move in the steal either. That's awesome. I guess you would always assume that they've been trying to trade him for like seven Ever. years. <laughs> yeah. Um, they've so, traded every other big man. Yeah, that right. they've ever had. Or just let him Cantor. walk. Yeah. Shout out to Paul Millsap, right? <laughs> uh, actually, Paul Millsap didn't walk. He went to, did he sign in Atlanta? As a, I don't think that was a trade. Anyway, um, so yeah, I think this was probably the most consequential deal of the the actual trade deadline day. Um, I obviously their first game, all those guys played well from Clarkson to Nance to Hill, Hood, all of them. I actually really like Rodney Hood for the Cavs. I think that is their currently their quote unquote best young asset, um, which is tough to have a best young asset be Rodney Hood if you're like looking. To rebuild in six months, possibly, but they have the Brooklyn pick. Obviously, Brooklyn is two losses away from the number one slot right now. In fact, I think it's like eight teams in the NBA are all within two losses of the worst record in the league. So things could get crazy here at the very end. Um, I'm currently looking up whether Paul Millsap was actually traded or not, but really it doesn't matter because Cleveland and Utah swap picks in 2024, and uh, the world is crazy. Um, <laughs> So we're going to – we talked about Lou Will. We talked about DJ. Um, does anyone have any opinions on Marco Bellinelli's buyout? This is the only other, like, big – I think John Block just looked at me from the corner of the room. John Block, do you want to come say something? <laughs> Here he is, John Reluctantly, Block. Reluctantly, yes. Uh-huh. Um, so Sixers fans are pretty mixed on this as far as, like, whether they like that the Sixers are signing Bellinelli. Um I'm mostly fine with it. He's signing just for the rest of the season on the veterans minimum, so like it's not like the Sixers are really giving up anything long term. Um, and obviously, they're making a playoff push, kind of in the lower seeds area. Um, he's like been shooting really well from three this year, and like that's definitely something they need, given that like 
a lot of their lineups can end up being kind of like clustered around the middle, especially when you have Ben Simmons who can't shoot at all, and then mm. Embiid's obviously a big post presence. So I, I mean, I think overall, like considering what they're giving up to get him, like it's a pretty good signing. Also, a reporter asked him today why he chose the Sixers over other teams, and his answer was the best possible answer, which was because he trusts the process. <laughs> so How do you say trust the process in Italian? Does anyone know? No idea. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, John. Um, so, yeah, by the way, Millsap was just a walk, like I thought. It wasn't a trade. Um, so that's that's an interesting move. I like that for the Sixers. Another shooter, obviously. A um, couple players that didn't get traded that I was surprised by. Tyreek Evans, number one. Tyreek Evans, they told him to sit out his last game before the <laughs> deadline because they're like, we're going to trade you, and then they didn't trade him. Apparently they needed a first-round pick, and they wouldn't give him up for anything less than a first-round pick. And they couldn't get anything better than two seconds. So it's, it just doesn't work out for some teams. With DeAndre Jordan, I mean, we already kind of talked about that. Um, there's not really a package out there for him, I don't think. I don't think there's any teams that are... I mean, obviously the, the Brooklyn pick by itself might have done it if they could get the salary to match, but you can't... The Cleveland has no salary that's going to match anything that's not terrible players. Um... So that didn't really work out. Kevin Love is hurt, so he couldn't really get traded. But I actually thought Kevin Love probably could have commanded about the same package that Blake Griffin did. Correct. Yeah, um, I definitely agree. And that would have been an interesting. It would have been a really interesting trade deadline for the for the Cavs if they ended up with George Hill, Rodney Hood, Tobias Harris, Avery Bradley. Well, actually, Jordan before uh, Kevin Love actually got hurt, the Pistons were actually looking to trade for him. Really, uh-huh. the Pistons were looking to trade for him, but they just couldn't arrange the right package because mm-hmm. the Pistons didn't want to give up too much. And Cleveland didn't want to give up too much. Cleveland just really wanted to give up Kevin Love. Right. And they were, I guess, asking for too much in return. The Pistons felt that that was not, um, like, that wasn't what they wanted to do. So uh-huh. they chose to go elsewhere. I would have rather had K-Love over Blake Griffin. But uh-huh. I guess now with Kevin Love not having a hand. Yeah, I hear Yeah. You. Okay. Um, so I guess that's kind of it tonight. I mean, unless we're going to talk about, like, LeBron trades for a second. Um <laughs> What would it, what would it take for? Let's go around the table. What would it take for you to trade LeBron if you were Kobe Altman? Who would you need? I want Anthony Davis and Demarcus Cousins, um, <laughs> and uh, Etwan Moore. I wouldn't trade him for anything short of Chris Stops and Ron Baker. You gotta, get, <laughs> you gotta get what you're putting out, right? Honestly, I'm not trading him. I'm getting unless I'm getting a crazy eight Kobe and Shaquille O'Neal. LeBron for uh, Kyrie, that Philly Lakers pick, and Tatum and Brown. <laughs> <laughs> Tatum and, and throwing Horford, too. Why yeah, not? Because uh-huh. it's LeBron James we're talking. I don't know. LeBron James and Terry Rozier win the, <laughs> will win the title together, mark my words. <laughs> oh, jeez. Um, I would trade him for probably the physicality of the 4 Pistons. That's it. Mm. Nothing less. Yeah, just, no. Just the, like the they trading would, program. Nothing less. The trading program, mm. the no. the physicality, and the skill that was on that team. If Let you learned that up. the Holy Grail was real, would you trade LeBron for the Holy Grail? <laughs> Let the record... You could have all of your players infinite Gatorade forever. <laughs> Let the record show if there was a team with the physicality of the 4 Pistons, they would all be ejected from <laughs> yep, the uh-huh. start of tip. There we go. <laughs> If Blake Griffin's no. getting teed up for throwing a ball, accidentally <laughs> throwing a ball at the back of Dennis Schroeder's head, I can only imagine what would happen to all those guys. I, I mean, the physicality of the 4 Pistons is it's personified in Draymond Green, mm-hmm. who is arguably the best at his position. 
True. Draymond Green is like, right, this is, is like the average this of is Ben Wallace and Rasheed Wallace. This is, this is for yeah. a Chauncey Billups podcast. was best as a Nick. <laughs> <laughs> that is all that I have to say. And on that note, uh, we are out of here for Parker Houston, Errol French, Woodley John Lewis, and Alex Boyd. Um, what is our Twitters, everyone? At GU Voice Sports, I believe, is mm-hmm. how you can follow us on there. Um, Boyd, as the EIC, could you give the voices uh, Twitter handle? If you don't know the voices Twitter handle, you get it. No, no, I know. It's. Uh, okay. <laughs> Alex Boyd 81 <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's G-Town Voice It's, it's G-Town Voice, voice. It's thank you um, You guys can drop your Twitters too if you want Oh, mine is at It's Airhole, I-T-S-A-R-H-O-L-E Mine is at uh, Woodley underscore Dale underscore And I'm at Parker W. Houston Thank you so much guys, Good night. <laughs>